Today on the newscast, an important story you might have missed. Russia with its strongest condemnation yet of Israeli airstrikes in Syria. Plus, a former Israeli ambassador to the U.S. tells me that American weakness is emboldening the Iranian regime and other dangerous actors in the region. That's next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast and welcome to part, at least, of our brand new Centerpoint set in Dallas. I'm wrapping up a great week here in the Big D. It was launch week for our brand new nightly TBN news program called Centerpoint. Now, you've heard me talk about it on the newscast this week. Every night, Monday through Friday from 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and then again at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Centerpoint is airing. We are off to a great start, and this is just a small look at the incredible set that we have here at our TBN Dallas studio. So be sure to check out Centerpoint every night on TBN. In the meantime, we've got some major developments to discuss regarding Russia and Israel. Now, prophetic implications, of course, to that relationship as we've documented here in the newscast over the past several weeks. But to my mind, one of the most important stories to develop in that very tenuous relationship between Israel and Russia last week, and this was not reported in the mainstream media, but a very important story that Middle East media picked up on last week, Russia's ambassador to Syria, Alexander Efimov, made some very strong statements, accusations, condemnations of Israel over those Israeli airstrikes in Syria. Now remember, Israel has carried out hundreds of airstrikes in Syria against Iran and Hezbollah over the past few years, and they're doing it quite literally under the noses of Russian forces, thousands of Russian soldiers stationed right there in Syria, who, by the way, are aligned very closely with the Iranian regime, with the Assad regime in Syria, with Hezbollah. Essentially, Russia is aligned shoulder to shoulder with Israel's greatest enemies. So that should send off alarm bells for you right away. And over the past few weeks and months, we've documented here in the newscast how Russia seems to be losing patience with Israeli activity in Syria. Take it back to January. Russian and Syrian fighter jets doing joint patrols, including over the Golan Heights. Also, we had a Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman back in February condemning Israeli airstrikes in Syria. We had Russia's deputy ambassador to the UN also in late February saying that Russia does not recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. He says that, hey, the Golan, that's the property of Syria and our good friend Bashar al-Assad. Folks, that is the tip of the iceberg. And Israel obviously striking that very delicate balance during this Russia-Ukraine war, trying to maintain Good relations with both sides. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has acted as a mediator between Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine. So Israel in a very interesting position, a dangerous position in my view, when it comes to what's unfolding with Russia right now. And now we have the condemnation from Alexander Efimov. And here is what he said, that Israel is escalating tensions intentionally escalating tensions in Syria through its strikes there in an attempt 
to draw the West, Israel's Western allies, into Syria. He also said even more strongly, and I quote him directly, that Israel is provoking Russia to react every time Israel carries out strikes against Iran and Hezbollah. Now, more on that in a minute, but remember, why is Israel conducting these strikes in Syria against Iran and its proxies there? Number one, Iran should not be in Syria at this point, should have never been there in the first place. But secondly, Iran is attempting to establish a forward base in Syria from which it can attack Israel from Israel's doorstep. They're driving closer and closer, or attempting to at least, to Israel's Golan Heights, and Iran and its proxies there are armed to the teeth with increasingly advanced weaponry, including those precision-guided missiles, PGMs for short, that we've talked about so much here on the newscast. So Israel naturally is acting to defend its citizens, its country, and pushing Iran back, striking them, striking these weapons transfers flowing through Syria into the hands of Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. So a very wise move, needless to say, uh, by Israel, but clearly Russian officials, top Russian officials and diplomats are taking none too kindly to this continued Israeli activity in Syria. So we're watching that very closely, folks. The prophetic implications, uh, eventually, I believe, although Israel and Russia have maintained good relations, the former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu made frequent trips to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin. The current Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has also met with Putin, and again, he's playing that mediator role. But I believe a great betrayal is coming. A day is coming where Russia will turn and turn viciously against Israel. Not the Russian people, but the Russian leadership. Perhaps it's Vladimir Putin, perhaps it's someone after Vladimir Putin, but I believe that that latter days confederation that the prophet Ezekiel describes in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, the war of Gog and Magog, a funny name I know, but it's a name that you need to know. I believe Russia will lead that latter days confederation, which will include Iran. The good news is that confederation doesn't get very far, and the Bible is clear that God Almighty, the God of Israel, intervenes directly, and that invasion force perishes on the mountains of Israel. But a very important statement from that Russian ambassador to Syria last week. We continue to keep a very close eye on developments in the relationship between Israel and Russia. And again, the prophetic implications. In the meantime, before we go, I want to toss to a clip right now from a great interview I did with the former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Michael Oren. He had some great insights about American weakness. We've seen it in Afghanistan. We've seen it in the approach to Russia and Ukraine. We've seen it in the attempts to revive that disastrous Iran nuclear deal. Weakness in American leadership, according to Michael Oren, makes the world a much more dangerous place. Very strong insights from him. Take a look. You've made some interesting observations that there are parallels between the Ukraine crisis and the Iran crisis. Tell us what you mean. Not a parallel. It's the same crisis. <laughs> same crisis. Uh, they're both about American weakness. If America goes to Iran on its, literally on its hands and knees, 
and begs to renew an agreement from 2015, the Iran nuclear agreement, and the agreement they actually get is worse than 2015, which is a pretty bad agreement. And America expresses its willingness to uh, remove sanctions on Iran at virtually you know, any cost. The world's going to pay attention. Clearly, Putin has paid attention. He's paid attention not only to America's refusal to put an actually military option on the table, and the Biden administration has said unequivocally there's no military option about Iran or Ukraine, and America's willingness to remove sanctions after a relatively short period of time, because the United States has threatened to put sanctions on Putin if he invades, you, what do you conclude? Put that together with Afghanistan, the humiliating retreat from Afghanistan, from Iraq, from Syria. If you're Mr. Putin, you think, I could probably get away with this pretty easily. And yeah, they may put some sanctions on me, but after a while they'll disappear. Who's going to do anything about it? And you would think that Xi Jinping is thinking the same thing. Kim Jong-un, the mullahs in Iran. The Afghanistan effect is another. We have the Ukraine effect, but the Afghanistan effect is another one that you mentioned. The ripple effect of that, how deep did that go in the region here in the Middle East everywhere, in particular? Everywhere. And this was an you know, administration that had come out publicly and said that it was going to defend human rights uh, globally yeah. and abandoned hundreds of thousands of Afghan women to a medieval jihadist regime. Um, I don't know how you make that case. I say none of this with any sort of sense of, uh, of schadenfreude or any kind of glee. Uh, um, the world without America in it yeah. is a very, very dangerous place. And Israel's part of that world. We're part of that world that we used to call the free world that depended on America's willingness and ability to project power. No one wants to see America get involved in a war. But for us and, and for countries like us, whether it be Taiwan or Japan, South Korea, yeah. uh, these are very, very disturbing times. Yeah, you had a front row seat for some of the players in this current administration when you were ambassador in D.C. with the mm. Obama administration. You wrote about it in your great book, Ally. When you look at Vienna and you look at these ongoing yeah. negotiations, as you said, these are unilateral moves by the United States, basically giving away the farm and getting nothing in return. If and when this new deal is struck, and it looks like we're moving in that direction, mm -hmm. what's the fallout here in the region? We're going to have to make some very tough decisions. Because here's how it looks. Iran basically is going to get, in return for delaying its enrichment program, uh, several years, Iran will get probably hundreds of billions of dollars in sanctions, relief, and deals. Okay, that money is not going to invest in homes and hospitals and schools. It's going to invest it in terror capabilities, uh, military capabilities, surrounding Israel with the tens of thousands of additional rockets so that when Iran does break out to try to make a bomb, and I'm fully convinced that they will try eventually, Israel will be deterred, will be hit by thousands of rockets from, from Lebanon, from Iraq, from Yemen, from Gaza, from all over. This new agreement will say nothing about the intercontinental ballistic system. It will say nothing about warhead development. And we know from the documents which our agents took out of that archive in yeah. Tehran that the Iranians have never stopped working on a warhead. So the Iranians want all of this to come together. You know, they say that the Iranians uh, invented chess. Don't say that to an Indian because they claim that they've invented <laughs> chess. But they, the Iranians play triple-tiered chess. So what's yeah. the triple tier? One tier is the enrichment process. Okay, that's been delayed a couple of years. Second is the ballistic system. Mm -hmm. And the third is the warhead. They want it all to come together at the same time. And overnight, you have an Iranian regime, which is actually more powerful than North Korea because it can deliver the thing. Yeah. And that point, Iran becomes an untouchable world power. 
And it's a world power that is committed to dominating the Middle East and beyond and to destroying the Jewish state. Great insights there from Ambassador Michael Oren, a man who knows about the Israel-U.S. relationship, the inner workings of it intimately from his time as Israel's top diplomat in the United States. Hey, if you like that interview, you can watch the entire conversation with Michael Oren on the Watchman TV show on TBN tonight, Friday, April 1st. 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to check that out. And if you want to get an exclusive first look with some behind-the-scenes commentary and extras, become a Watchman Premium member. Just go to join, or perhaps I think it's under membership here on the homepage on our YouTube channel. We would love to have you join us as premium members as well here on the Watchman YouTube channel. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here this week on the newscast from the Big D. Dallas, next time I see you, I'll be back in the Watchman studio, but have a great weekend. God bless you, and remember, never hold your peace.